Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 4th, 2019. We are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, Bruce, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back. Uh, what, what, what was the most embarrassing thing you did on your time off? I did free <laughs> wine tasting, so tasted absolutely disgusting wine. <laughs> Sometimes should have paid the fifteen dollars. Sometimes there's a reason why it's free. It uh, sure was there. Yeah, yeah. so place will be nameless. I respect it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to hear that, yeah. but uh, but welcome back Thank and uh, to our listeners, welcome back to our full fledged uh, uh, podcast version. Uh, thanks for sticking to it uh, as, through it to it through it whatever. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for listening uh, as we uh, went through our, uh, our our abbreviated versions for the summer. That was uh, that was uh, very nice. I did some travel. You did some travel. We were both uh, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go back at it. Thank God for caffeine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so without any further ado, let's uh, let's talk about today's sponsor. A Holy Family has started a uh, a, a column to be to sell columbarium, uh, which is great for uh, like uh, straining out water from pasta or uh, your um, uh, steamed broccoli, maybe some washed and torn uh, salads. I uh, you know what? No, now that I'm thinking about it, that's a, that's a colander. Uh, Bruce, uh, we have a columbarium. Do you want to tell the folks at home what a columbarium is and, and how they can be uh, welcomed to use it at a future date? Okay. This is a cold call. Yes, it is. I thought it would be Col- fun for me. <laughs> columbarium is, is quite simply a structure that uh, has niches which will hold the urns of ashes of dead people. Yes. And uh, I think I think it would be fair to say that the, uh, not too, not everyone who uh, attends our church is aware that we have one. Yeah, it's it's in the front yard, but it's not clear what it is. Um, and so that, that brick structure that's on the edge of the blacktop is our columbarium. So yeah. uh, it has empty niches. I forget the price offhand, but it's like buying a condo. You get it for life or yeah. death. And a way to put it. Yes. And you're promised perpetual care of the same. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That is a, I remember uh, when I was rotating off vestry, that was one of the action items that we were discussing and, and there are still spaces, uh, spaces still available, space available. possible possibilities of expansion on that yeah. as well. So uh, see a vestry member, we'll throw them under the bus. See a vestry <laughs> member. If you have any questions or you could even email us at uh, uh, shortcut go. at hfec.org with questions on pricing and availability uh, uh, no, it's not a. It's not more of a summer or winter rental kind of a situation. No. It is permanent. It's year round. It is permanently yours. Uh, but but a fantastic uh, uh, opportunity uh, for those who wish to uh, remain near the church. You're right. So yeah, and that's obviously the meaning. Family can visit easily, but yeah, hopefully you're near the place that was a spiritual home, either for yourself or for someone you cared about who want your ashes nearby. Yeah. Sometimes we get grandparents from across the country. That this is where their remains end up. Yep. Very good. So um, we're still in. Uh, I'm gonna forget. It. I'm gonna say ordinary time again, and it's not right. uh, season after Pentecost. Season after Pentecost. I forgot what the terrible uh, name was. What <laughs> the for long it was. name? Yes. Uh, but uh, but so uh, we're, but we're in August, and uh, real briefly, uh, uh, other business, uh, church business. Uh, we have. Um, 
coming up, we might as well uh, also promote the fact that we are starting up our regular program again, not this coming Sunday, but the next. So August 11th right. uh, will be our first full-fledged kickoff back to reg- back. regular back. time <laughs> for us. <laughs> Yeah, all of our formation activities fire up again, mm-hmm. and what that means on a Sunday morning is that there are groups for all ages, um, you know, tiny child through adult, yep. at the 9 o'clock hour. Some of us need more care than others, and I count myself amongst... The more care. More care, yeah. yes. absolutely. So, uh, well, let's jump into our readings. Uh, so for our first reading, it comes from Ecclesiastes. Uh, it kind of really bounces around, so be prepared yeah. to, to, for me to ask that question. But uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, then you skip to, uh, and do 12, 13, and 14, and then you skip again to chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. And that reading goes... Vanity of vanities, says the teacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the teacher, when king over Israel and Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun, and see all is vanity and a chasing chasing after wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me. And who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Yet they will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes one who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What do mortals get from all the toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night their minds do not rest. This also is vanity. Um, So... Vanity is a pretty prominent uh, word in this uh, right. passage. I wonder <laughs> if the writer wanted to get a point across involving vanity. I'm assuming yes probably and no. not. No. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah, good Episcopal what? answer. The the term <laughs> maybe. What do you think? <laughs> do you want to talk about it? The Hebrew word here that is. Translated and has been translated for decades. Um, I, I didn't look at it, but it wouldn't surprise me if the original King James uh, Bible also translated this as vanity. But the Hebrew word is breath. And mm. breath, as used in the same way as it's used in other pl- parts of the Hebrew scriptures, referring to just simply human life. Okay. So... So, so this passage is saying, such is life. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. That'd be a good translation. Say la vie. Yeah, yeah. With a, with a very negative connotation. <laughs> have to have a, so, a, a so, French cynicism. So more French than than, uh, than, than we would have thought. Right. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it's, the, 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 
boy, it, now that we put it in that context, I can't read this but in a French, like that French. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say yeah. it until now. <laughs> well, not like not, not necessarily. I didn't even really have a French, like a, 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 a French accent in yeah. mind. But just the, that, that, you know, so I turned, gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun. C'est la vie. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that catches the spirit of this passage. Then, then, um, and that's why it jumps around. Why, then why is that the spirit of this passage? Like, what is the, you know, this is kind of, it, it, I, I did read a little bit of the gap in between and it's, it, it's, it's a lot, it reads kind of like poetic. It's kind of a poem oh, yes. kind of style. Ecclesiastes um, is, is one poem after another. So, so who is, I, I'm going to be able to, cause, cause we, I don't think we've had a reading from Ecclesiastes. So I can ask this question. Mm -hmm. The author is unknown unknown okay right. just kind of one of those found books it's not terribly long i mean it's only uh it's 12 chapters and i say that in quotes because some of these chapters are the new testament equivalent of like you know seven or eight verses and you know yeah, they're not be, they're not super super long this it, is not a big book another one that can be right with one cup of tea in one sitting yeah Come on, it's French. We, we, <laughs> we've true. already established a strong French. coffee, black coffee, <laughs> and, and a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say a bowl of chocolate. Sorry, oh, okay, instead. okay, all right. Well, yeah, shame on me for creating a uh, a, a stereotype. I apologize to all the French. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the health reasons. Oh, okay, that too. Yeah, though I should be thinking the stereotype. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, so like the I'm looking at it, and the the one subcategory for for chapter twelve or sorry, excuse me, chapter two, which we don't even read, but it still kind of seems like it feeds into the same kind yeah. of storyline: the futility of self indulgence. Yeah, and this concept of like a, a you know don't think so highly of yourself. Your your what you pass on. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry. You shouldn't worry about whether or not they've earned it or they deserve it or they'll remember you. They'll never be You're grateful. but a stepping stone on yeah. the pathway of history yeah. only to be trodden on and forgotten immediately after. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and the book is, we can tell by the Hebrew, the, mm -hmm. the, by the literal words, uh, that it's, it's a late book is what, how scholars put, which means more recent. Mm -hmm. So it's it's one of the youngest books in the entire Hebrew scriptures. Okay. Around 200 years before the birth of Christ. So there's been a lot of time for people to get a little bit cynical, but also to get very realistic that the, the bloom of we are God's chosen people mm -hmm. has certainly faded. Okay. And... They've been dealing with... The shine is off the apple here. Yeah, and almost every <clears throat> calamity mm -hmm. that can happen to a community has happened to the people of God. And so when you get to Ecclesiastes, there is, in a sense, the culmination of why are you worrying about the little stuff? Mm -hmm. we've, we, we've had centuries of experience with big stuff. And you keep forgetting it. You keep forgetting what is the, our ultimate fate in God. That, and by this point, there is a, the a belief in eternal life within Judaism. Okay. And so that makes all the more relevant. Don't worry about this life. It's 
certainly important to mm -hmm. live ethically and faithfully, but don't worry about your legacy. Don't worry about your position at work. Don't worry about how, how much you're able to amass because all of that is going to pass away. They can literally see the ruins around them of past civilizations by this point mm -hmm. and the stones that are being covered with sand from civilizations that thought they'd conquered the world and are going to last forever and right. are already becoming forgotten. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so this is this is kind of like a gray and dreary, uh, but but it, it's but not... It's a, it's not really the tone that I think the rest of the book continues to take. It's kind of a, I mean, it kind of like weaves in and out of. Yeah, and it's a cloudy day to a light rain. <laughs> well, and, and it's liberating uh -huh. because no longer are you worrying about what's my paycheck going to be a year from now. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's much more of a, the little stuff doesn't matter. Right. Really focus on God and the big stuff which will be the theme through the next two readings as well. Okay. So it does set the tone certainly for the gospel reading and even almost accidentally for the reading from Colossians. Hmm. Well, with that, shall unless we? they, it, we shall, we shall. <laughs> Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I am, I'm a little sad that the, the Ecclesiastes didn't keep going on, by the way, because that, that, then we get into uh, 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 the the center of a song uh everything having its season and yeah turn turn, and turn um so uh but anyways colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 11 so if you have been raised with christ seek the things that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of the god of god set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is your life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever is, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices, and have closed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in, in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. So yeah, that does kind of set up um, uh, that reading. And it, it kind of is interesting. Um, you know, well, you, you'll read uh, verse 5 and verse 8. Uh, some, so I've seen sometimes people interpret those as like, these are these are the things that you're to rail against. Right. These and really... The worst, worst right. possible. And really well put in context of the you know the overall passage more the message is is like you know these things are earthly matters they are not heavenly matters so don't dwell on them either way right these are not to be glorified and and celebrated neither are they to be you know the 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 source of your toil on on this planet yeah, and they they shouldn't be the focus of your pondering mm -hmm. in term, 
or really, what I'm trying to say, I was trying to say it too nicely. They shouldn't be the source of you judging others. Mm-hmm. That's weird. yeah, really in context. That's that, that that does kind of seem to become a little bit more apparent. That it's like this is don't worry about yeah. your brother who is over here committing this this sin. This is an earthly issue and not not a big deal. Not relevant to yeah. Well, and it's it may it's it's his or her problem, not yours. Right. You, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. Um, the 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 one that is more commandment like is um, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and clothed yourself with the new self. Uh, so don't so don't um, don't live in in that. You're you're you now have something better, bigger, better, yeah. greater than to. To be involved in and, and to, to, to put your mind towards. Right. Yeah. And part of the fun of Colossians is it was not written by Paul. And in many ways, these it, we believe this is sort of second generation Christians. Okay. And so they are dealing with people they knew to be good and holy and faithful dying. Mm-hmm. And there was a common belief in the time of Paul that if you were those things, you would live until the second coming, as we now call mm. it. And so the, the people of Colossians and the Timothy letters and some others, they were suddenly having to deal with weight. The Our forebearers, I mean, our forebearers from last week or 10 years ago, mm-hmm said we shouldn't still be here right we should, you know have it, the kingdom of god should have been fully blossoming by now yeah and so the writer of colossians is trying to reassure these folks don't give up this isn't a setback and you really are living in the kingdom of god now even though it's not what we thought it was going to be at this point right yeah that i think we've touched a little bit before on um the podcast about dealing with the why does bad good bad things happen to good people always a question uh and uh really when put in that context of second generation christians um that really had to be a very powerful question to wrestle with right because at you know as that generation was starting to fold over and uh, you were going into, you know, a new generation, another era, and you were watching this prior generation who had that mindset of, you know, before I die, this will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that not coming to fulfillment, even just in death, like of natural causes right. would cause that question. Right. of Why would that happen to such a holy person well, that, that, you know. Yeah. He didn't make he didn't make it to see God's kingdom come you know here on earth like right. that's why what kind of God would you know <laughs> yeah the, what does that mean about everything else we believe about right. the Christ event mm-hmm. is where the, and, talk about turning it up and, upside down a little from I mean again it yeah. was coming from a skewed viewpoint from uh, you know from from our human point of view I and mean, we, we were expecting it to be something and it was never intended well, you know, to be yeah yeah but uh, but still that's got to be and and they had the other uh, challenge that they were not original witnesses to jesus mm. and so i imagine and i could be completely inaccurate is that the people who 
of the first generation who did die before, well, they did die, and we know it was before the same coming. And as they were dying, they might say, huh, I didn't think this was going to be how it worked, but I remember what Jesus was like. Mm. And so I can die with comfort and without anxiety. Whereas the folks who were the next generation would have been a lot more right. unsure because they had not had the experience of seeing the either Jesus walking on earth nor the resurrected Christ. Right. Was this all for naught? Was I yeah. duped? Was this a, another false prophet? Because there were a string right. of those. Those were uh, a dozen then. Right. Um, you know, what What have I done? What have I invested myself in? Is it yeah. worth, all worthwhile? And it, I can see where letters like this would be required, almost required to be like, no, no, no. It's, yes, it's still okay. <laughs> And that's one reason verse 1 in chapter 3, the first verse you read, is so if you've been raised with Christ, mm -hmm. you know, seek the things that are above. And so the author of this letter is saying, look, you really have been raised with Christ. Not in the way you thought it was. Right. Not after you drew your last breath and then sometime later the tomb opened and you got to walk out. Right. But as you live and breathe now, you are raised with Christ. And so this is the message for Christians ever since, mm -hmm. that our lives are going to be challenging. There are going to be things that go wrong. There are going to be things that are absolutely horrendous. And yet we still have to be able to at least say with some part of our being, yes, I am raised with Christ, even mm -hmm. as my life is seemingly completely terrible. God has not abandoned me, but rather I'm raised with Christ. Right. And that's not easy to do all the time. So mm -mm. letters like Colossians are are very important to us, even if they aren't actually written by Paul. They can't all be written by Paul. No. <laughs> Come on, Paul. Leave some room. He was busy. <laughs> uh, any, anything else? Any other Could flavor and color content? We better move on. Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge and arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. So it is with those. Yeah. Oh. Butchered the ending. You're welcome. <laughs> We're on the punchline. Uh, you should really read the Bible for yourself. Uh, <laughs> because you can do a much better job than I can. Um, so um, there's a, uh, I, I like uh, the, the return to uh, teacher. Uh, uh, there, there's a there's a little hook there back to Ecclesiastes. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but um, who who talks to their soul and says, <laughs> "Soul, you have ample goods. Uh, 
That part, sorry, that part struck, <laughs> struck me as a little odd. But is yeah, I was thinking of the what is it, the Big Lebowski of the dude abides, you know, yeah, the, the abides. Sort of, yeah, talking in the third person. And I don't, I so now I wish I had researched this before the podcast, but it's possible that that is yet another sign of how um, egotistical mm-hmm. this rich man is, right? That hey, soul, hey. Rich man, rich man talks to rich man's soul. Yeah, because <laughs> no one else matters. Right, exactly. Because exactly. really the person should be talking to God. Right, right, right. Um, so the parable obviously is he prepared earthly uh, earthly goods for himself and and made a lot of uh, a lot of place to store his crops to generate more wealth. And it's implied, I think, here that God says like, you idiot, you're going to die tonight. <laughs> Which? What good is that for you? Yeah. And remember, this is a parable, so it's not a, a an account of yes, God dealing yes. with a real rich This person. is not Jesus saying, like, I heard my, my dad tell this story once. Yeah, that's right. About <laughs> what he did to this, this dude. This idiot. Um and it's also not, it's not that, you know, uh, it's not that the story is God comes to demand his life. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it implies like uh, God kind of like saddling up to, you know, this guy and being like, um, they're coming for, you know, death is coming for you tonight. Uh, and, uh, and you've done all this preparation and all this work. And for what? Who's that? Who's, who is that going to benefit in the long run? Which obviously takes us back to the first reading. Right, right, right. Um, so, um, which is a, which is an interesting, it's, it's an interesting response to the initial question. Cause the initial question is like, Hey, tell, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. I'm assuming this is, that implies then that this is a younger brother who would, uh, get a smaller share in this. Um, that's the assumption. Okay. Yes. Um, so he's wanting a little bit more than possibly, uh, socially he would be expected to receive. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. He may just be waiting for presumably the older brother to do his task as the older brother of giving the younger brother a portion of the inheritance. There's, Mm -hmm. we can't always be sure, but the, a lot of the scholars say that probably the younger brother would have gotten about a third mm-hmm. and the older brother two-thirds, presuming they were the only two male heirs. Right. So the younger brother had perhaps a substantial amount to receive. It was not unusual to go to a rabbi uh, teacher to act as the adjudicator in mm-hmm. such circumstances. So mm-hmm. it was not unheard of for someone who saw Jesus in that role to try to use him in that role. But... Part of the uh, teaching here is, hey, if you have God incarnate in front of you, don't be talking about your inheritance. Mm-hmm. You know, have other priorities here. Right. Seek other other things from God rather than just your third of the family estate. Right. Now, do you think it might have also been a call to uh, other the other rabbis of like, hey, you know, maybe maybe being the judge and arbitrator is not the role that should be getting played. Do you think there's an, any aspect of that? Cause I, he was called rabbi. I don't know. Right. Uh, and, and clearly teacher. And, and so he was, would fit the mold of that would have also then been expected socially of, of him, even though, 
yeah, you have the son of God factor for sure. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, good of you to acknowledge that. <laughs> I don't think it was a criticism of rabbis taking that role simply because that by rabbis doing that role, it gave poor people access to a legal system mm. that otherwise would only be available to Roman citizens who usually were people of at least wealth, if not, I mean, at least status, if not high wealth. Mm -hmm. And so in many ways, it was having rabbis being able to be involved in these matters that we'll, we'll hear about throughout um, Jesus walking around and talking with rabbis and all. It did give people a structure mm -hmm. that safeguarded their existence in a way that the Romans were not interested in providing right. for the poor. Well, then, then uh, I'll throw out one, one more Hail, Hail Mary uh, uh -huh. uh, 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 question then there. Is, uh, then is maybe it more also a comment on this is, this is the court system. Let's keep it open for things that matter. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. Um, because obviously his response is saying, you know, hey, be on your – the implication is you're asking this and it comes from a place of greed. That's the – This is not – this is not something that is worth the time and, 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 and thought and concern, not just for you, but also for me. Yeah. I, um, I think that's the key. Okay. And, and part of it is a underlying value Jesus is trying to express that, that we heard uh, in the Ecclesiastes reading, that basically if you, if you are blessed enough to inherit something, you don't deserve it. It's just a free gift. Yeah. And so to bother to even ponder what it might be or how it gets, how it happens is a distraction from being rich in God. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I, real quick, before we go out of curiosity, that parable, is that just Luke in, in Luke? Is that? I got to admit, I don't know for sure. I think this is only... I was gonna say it does I'm not. I'm almost sure it's only in Luke. Does not, not strike me as a as as one that I've read in yeah. Mark or Matthew or I'm John. Ninety nine percent so. sure, and and my Bible in front of me doesn't have a reference like it normally would. Shame. Have. Shame. No, it doesn't have a reference saying go to this. Look oh, at it, look at the gospel. other. You got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do want to say before we leave it, sure, is for the rich person in the parable, so the fake rich person. Mm -hmm. um, to have that much, he didn't do much, if any, labor himself. That gotcha. this would have been a heavily staffed farm operation. Gotcha. That he already probably got to sit on his porch and watch people do the work. And so his scenario is he doesn't have to worry about the headaches of having employees. Mm. He can fire everyone, let the land go fallow, and... Just take Live his ease, yeah. yeah, and leave a lot of people unemployed and themselves going hungry while he stared at his barns full of grain. So Interesting. He is, he is selfish on all sorts of levels in the story that, in our modern context, may not be self-evident, but to Jesus's listeners, will have been, she whiz, that, mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing was clearly off with this guy. Does the question uh, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Does that also imply like a like a lack of errors, right? Uh, uh, in, in this parable story, like it does imply that. Okay, yeah, because it doesn't say you did all this for you, and 
Yeah. Nowhere Where's is, it going to go? Nowhere does he mention any companions in this journey, right. family or partners or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of the Dickens Christmas Carol uh, type story. Right. Of Scrooge. You're all alone in this. Why are you living this way? Right. What To, to what benefit? Yeah. Hmm. Well, very good. Well, if you want to hear more about uh, these three readings, you'll shoot. You'll just have to come to... Eight or ten o'clock on uh, August fourth. Now you're back to the French cynical persona. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see you at eight yeah, or we'd ten love o'clock to. this Sunday. It'd be on so a, much on fun. a dreary Sunday. <laughs> Bring your finest grays. <laughs> no, uh, but but yeah, for sure, uh, definitely uh, invited to join us uh, eight and ten. Yeah, wear um, your brightest Hawaiian shirt, your flip flops, and have a great time in the air conditioning. That is true. If you just jinxed us, I will throttle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that in another podcast. If, if, if we if we record <laughs> next week and the theology. air conditioning has is out and it's a ten thousand dollar repair. You will know it. I will let you all know it. Um, so, but yeah, but uh, so yeah, that, with that, that's that, this is your podcast for August 4th. Uh, we'll definitely see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.